0: Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we are able to come to you and that we are able to bring needs desires dreams fears anxiety depression to you god because you are the hope the hope of the world jesus and god i pray right now that you would continue to be here lord that you would have your way this morning god that you would speak to us lord and that your will would be done in jesus name we pray amen good morning seated Welcome to C1 Church. We're glad to have you all this morning. Um, I'm Amy. My husband Ryan and I, we are the lead pastors here at the church. And you may be wondering why Ryan is not here. Well, he wanted to stay home. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. He loves you guys. He he wanted to be here. He's playing hooky, yeah. No, um, if you have been here for any amount of time in the last few years... Um, we had a pastor on staff named Pastor Ben and Ashley, and then the Lord called them to pastor a church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and um, they, he's right now speaking at Pastor Ben's church, and um, Pastor Ben asked him to come and speak, and you know, it's been so, like this whole journey has been good because um, it's really cool when you have a pastor on staff, and then you can still connect with them. And you can still have that relationship with them. And so Ben and Ashley are very dear to our hearts. And if you um, think about it, pray for them. And pray for what God is going to speak um, through Ryan to them. And he wishes he could be here. Um, I told him I I was not going to do any jokes. So, really? Really? I thought you guys would be so happy. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Ryan likes to tell jokes. And they are horrible. And I don't even laugh at him. But <laughs> usually he'll run them by and I'll just look at them. You know, because they're like dad jokes. We have a seven-year-old and a uh, four-year-old. He's almost five. And um, he, he, runs the, he runs his jokes by his children. So if that tells you anything, he gets his jokes from his kids a lot of times. Um, but, you know, I was talking to somebody this morning and um, I realized and... Um, Mr. Allen and Mr. Full, you guys know this and, and Randy and Sharon that this is our fourth anniversary coming here to um, try out for the church. And um, yeah, we are so humbled. I remember very clearly um, how overwhelmed I was with my children trying to impress you guys. And they were running around and I was like, they're never going to hire us because our kids are monsters. Um, but we were later told that, our children were a blessing and that was one of the main reasons why and so we are going on four years of pastoring this wonderful church and we love you guys Um, and we are so blessed to be here Uh, so anyways we're going to get into it we um, we're going through the Hebrews and we're walking by um, chapter by chapter verse by verse and we are in Hebrews 11 and some of you know that we are 21 days of prayer and fasting and this is the second week that we are in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And um, we are just believing that the Lord is going to grow people closer to him, that he's going to um, grow the church, and that he's going to just answer prayers that we've been praying for. And, um, you know, Ryan, when he, when he knew that he was going to be gone, he was like, you can have Hebrews chapter 10. I was like, I don't want Hebrews chapter 10. <laughs> And he was like, why? I was like, well, because it's hard, and I don't want to preach it. And he was like, no, you're going to preach it. And so I was like, fine, whatever. And so I didn't look at it. I was just like, oh, we'll see. And then he texted me and he, when he was studying, and he was like, I think I'm going to take Hebrews chapter 10. And I told him last night, I said, you know, it's really, a, it's really a God thing that you took Hebrews chapter 10, because last week was like a punch in the gut, and then he tried to hug you. It was a tough message. It was needed it was very much needed and 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 a lot of times Ryan if you know anything about Ryan you know that he is not afraid to speak what God has called him to speak and he may wrestle with it but ultimately he speaks and he does what God calls him to do and so i said Ryan it was like last week it was like you punched him in the gut and then you gave him a hug and then i just get a love on him this week cuz you know chapter 11 is all about faith and it's such a um it's such a good, good chapter. But then as I was studying, I was like, man, why did I have to take chapter 11? There's so much here. And I'm not going to read all 40-some verses um, because I would like to um, watch the Super Bowl. I'm just kidding. Are you guys excited about the Super Bowl? I really, really hope that the Chicago Bulls and the Dolphins make, I don't know who's going to win, but I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm t- I don't know anything about football, and I only go for the food. So, um, if you invite us to a Super Bowl party, there is a good chance that I will either show up late and I will leave early, or I just will come in the middle of it and just eat food. Um, but it is Super Bowl Sunday, and as I was going through this and just trying to figure out where, where, what verses to take from this and what to grab from this, I truly believe that the Lord has. a a word today because we're talking about faith and one of the things is sometimes I'm going to be pretty vulnerable right now because faith is sometimes really hard for me um you know I, I I think that faith is hard for us no matter what walk of life we are in with God but Sometimes when you're praying for something and you need God to really show up, there's always the discouragement that the enemy tries to set in. And it's always makes you question your faith in God. Maybe not your relationship with God, but if God is able to do what he says he's going to do. Or it makes you question, sometimes it makes you question your faith. If you really are a true believer of Jesus. And you know that I hate the enemy because he gets in there and he puts in and he drops little seeds in. And then it makes you question this whole thing. And then it makes you question God's goodness. And, but you know that he's good. But it's good to go back and to read chapters like this. And so I know that God has a word for us today. And I know that he's going to challenge us. And he's going to challenge us to deepen our faith and to believe for the impossible. And one thing that I have felt so strongly, and I know that Ryan has felt so strongly, we've talked about it many, many times, that our church is in a season of the impossible where God's going to do the impossible. He already has. We've seen him heal cancer. We've seen him heal bodies. We've seen him heal minds. We've seen, we've seen so much of God's, like just his faithfulness and his love. We've already seen it. But I believe that it's going to go further. And as it goes further, our faith has to deepen. Because when we have deeper faith, man, we start to believe God, who God is, and we start to really, really dig into who he is and what he wants. And so let's get into it. We're going to go into um, verse chapter 11, verse 1 through 3. And I will warn you, I'm going to jump around a lot in, in chapter 11. I'm not going to go verse by verse just because it's a little bit repetitive and, and um it, it does show, like, definitely bats home what faith is. And so if you have time this week, I challenge you to, to read it. But what better chapter to really focus in on, on our second week of fasting? You know, things get tough, especially if you're fasting food. You know, food gets really tough, and things start looking really good. Or, or if you're, whatever your fat enemies probably already fought you against it. But let's get into it. Chapter 11, verses 1 through uh, 3. And this is in the uh, New Living Translation. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for and is the evidence of the things that we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we see did not come from anything that can be seen. So I'm, I'm sure as we open up, I'm sure that you guys have heard this verse many times. Faith is, a, is the evidence of things that we hope for and things that we cannot see. I know that you've heard it, and if you haven't heard it, if you're early in your walk with the Lord, you will hear it at some point because it is a pillar for the Christian faith. It is a pillar. It's things that, that as Christians we, we live by, the reality of things that we hope for but we cannot see. Doesn't it almost seem like that is all of your your walk with the Lord? <laughs> things that we hope for that we cannot see. It's trusting God, and it's it's how we how we should live our lives in complete trust and faith in the Lord. That's definitely how we should live our lives. So what does faith mean? Faith means complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So what does that mean for a follower of Jesus? How do we get to the point where we have complete trust in him? Complete confidence in him? How do we get to the point to where we have so much faith that when we speak something, it happens? Starting at the basics. We know that true biblical faith brings spiritual salvation. An active trust by which a person completely surrenders control of his or her life to Christ and commits to following his purpose. That's the the basics, the foundation of having faith in Jesus. That's being saved. That's following after him. That's being a child of God what it means to truly put our faith in Jesus, to really truly put our faith in Christ. Being saved by Jesus and changing your old ways and making them new ways and following him. So what happens after that point? What happens after the point where you have put your faith in Jesus, you are now a follower of him, you, now, you are now a Christian of him, and, and so what happens to your faith now? As you move through this life of being Christian, whether you've been a Christian, you've been saved for, for many, many years, or whether you're just starting out your journey of faith, what happens now? We're going to talk about that, <clears throat> committing your lives to him, and then how f- faith plays a role in our lives as a Christian. And the first thing that I want us to talk about, the, my first point is faith takes trust. Faith takes trust, Hebrews Eleven, seventeen through 19, it says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son from whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. I know that when you, when you think about this, it says faith takes trust. I know that seems very elementary. But let's talk about Abraham for a minute and what he actually did and the faith that this man had to have. So God came to Abraham. And he said, you know, his descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. You can't even count them. And Abraham was old. Sarah, they were old. They were past childbearing years. And then God gave them a son. And and now God is asking him to sacrifice his only son. Can you imagine that conversation and that trust that this man would have had? To walking up and, and and saying, Okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you with this because this is my boy, this is my only boy, this is the one who's gonna bring the descendants, right? This is the one that I prayed for, this is the one that you prophesied for, this is my only son, and not in Isaac being completely oblivious to this, just following his dad. Completely oblivious, and Abraham is going and he's trusting. He's trusting that, you know, and it says, it says that Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God would be able to bring him back to life again. How much faith does that have, church? That if God actually went through, if Abraham actually had to go through with sacrificing his son on the altar, how much faith does that man have to have to say, okay, God, you may have took my son, but guess what? You are able to bring him back from the dead that's faith but that's not just faith that's trust that's trusting that God is so good that even if he takes everything from you he's got a plan that even if it seems impossible he has a plan the one thing that Abraham put all of his put all of his money into the one thing that Abraham knew that, that God had spoken into, was about to be ripped from him. And yet he still followed, and he still trusted, and he still believed. Offering his son as a sacrifice, but also believing that if his son was sacrificed, God was able to do the impossible. So when we, when we trust God, we put our faith in him. I hope this makes sense, but when you trust God, you put your faith in him. When you trust him, you, you, it's, it's kind of opposite. When you have faith in him, you have to have trust in him, and when you trust him, you have to put your faith in him. So what does trust mean? Trust means a firm belief in the, in the reliability, the truth, or ability to strengthen of, of the strength of someone or something, to have firm belief to trust, to have firm belief in the Lord, to believe Him, to believe that whatever He does, it's good, that whatever He says is going to happen. Faith means to have confidence in someone, and trust means to have a firm belief in someone, so how to have the confidence in someone and to have believe in them. And in this case, we're talking about God. As we put our faith in Him, We have faith in God because we trust him. We have faith in God because we trust him. And if you've been a a Christian for any amount of time, you know that as you read the Bible, there are so many opportunities for people to walk away. There are so many opportunities for, for people to not put their faith and their trust in God because, man especially if you read in the old testament which is what the what verse uh, 11 is about or chapter 11 is about just the people of the old testament their faith was incredible why do you think the author of hebrews wrote a whole chapter about their faith because god did amazing things he's done amazing things and guess what he still does amazing things i was reminded this morning as i was just going over and thinking through this And I was listening to a song by Bethel, and it was called Weathered, and it's just about how good God is and putting your trust in him. And there's one part that says, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and these people put their faith in him and God did amazing things, church, we we have the power and the authority to see God do amazing things still. And he still wants to. It's putting our faith in him and believing him that he is going to be able to do it. So through this whole chapter, you'll go through and it says, By faith, so and so did this. By faith, God did this. By faith, by faith, by faith. Guess what? It's in there over seventeen times. By faith is over is in this chapter over seventeen times. Because God is trying to to prove a point. He's trying to get us to focus in. That it's by our faith things happen. It's by our faith people are healed. It's by our faith diagnoses go away. It's by our faith our children come to know Jesus. It's by our faith your finances align. It's by faith... And it's only by faith in God, through God, what he can do. We have to believe, church. We have to believe. The time for just believing that God just wants a little bit a part of us or God just wants to do a little bit, is over. It's the time to dig deep and to see people truly transformed and healed by the power of the living God. Because it's by faith. And that's, guess what? It's going to be through our faith that people get healed, that people get delivered, that people come to see who Jesus is. It's through our faith and how we carry ourselves and how we believe God. Because when you you start seeing weird and crazy things happen, people are going to start questioning what's going on. People are going to start seeing things in a different way. You know, it's so funny because the other day we were at Walmart And um, Ryan was wearing his uh, Jesus Loves You t-shirt, and he has like a million of them. I don't know why he has so many, but it's just like he can wear one every single day and not have to do laundry. And um, sometimes I hate going out with him when he wears it. (laughs) Hear my heart on this, church, (laughs) because he has a rule that if someone comments on his shirt, he has to stop and pray for them. And literally, someone comments on it every single time. And so we're in Walmart, and um, Ryan and I had just earlier we went to go see Miss um, Fran and Mr. Cecil, and Miss um, Fran knows that I love plants. I am a plant lady, and um, so she took me out to show me her plants. And then she just started giving me plants. So I'm like, just bring it in, bring. Give me all the babies. I want plants, not actual children. Um, I'm done with actual children. I want the plant babies, <laughs> and so, um, so she gave me a bunch of plants, and so I'm I'm loving it, right? But I'm thinking, well, now I have to go buy soil and buy pots for all these plants, and you know, grow them and try to keep them alive, and so, um, so we're at Walmart, and I'm I'm looking for pot plants and and stuff. And I had left Ryan, like, a long time ago. Like, I didn't even know where he was. I just, I'm like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm going. And so he calls me, and I'm like, I'm in the gardening center, and he comes over there. And so he, like, just barely gets within five feet of me, and one of the workers goes, hey, I like your shirt. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And so I just keep going, and Ryan's like, well, thank you. I have a rule that if anybody questions on my shirt, I pray for you. He doesn't really sound like that. but um, And so he did. And so I, I... Someone was showing me where something was, so I went off with, with the other worker and found it, and then he caught up with me, and he was like, "Oh man, that was so good. I got to pray for her. She had cancer, stage four cancer. I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome, you know? And then, so then he left again. I don't know where he went. And so I'm just going through and trying to find groceries. I have a rule that when I'm in Walmart, I hate Walmart. Like, I hate it. Like, I, I want to get in, and I want to get what I want, and then I want to leave, Well, Ryan grew up in Arkansas where there was nothing to do for miles. So he would go to Walmart with his friends and walk around. So he's living his good old life, you know, his high school days, walking around. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm done. So I leave him. I don't know where he's at. And then he, I'm like, I'm calling him. I'm like, I'm in the checkout line. Where are you? I know you have things to, to get, you know, I know you have things that you got for me, so I need to pay for them. Where are you? He's like, I got caught up, man. I prayed for like three or four people. He's like, this one lady, her husband's diagnosed with cancer and she's feeling really bad. And he goes on and on and on about like, what, what, like all of these needs. And at first, I was super annoyed. And then I think the Lord, well, I know the Lord checked me. And I was like, well, at least he's stopping and praying for them. I'm like, oof. But, you know, like, that takes faith. Because we, on the way home, we had the conversation. And Ryan said, I was just praying for the Lord to use me. I haven't seen him use me in a way like that before. Or not in a way like that before, but in a while. And... He said, he was almost in tears of just saying, people are so desperate in need. We were in Walmart for like 25 minutes and he prayed for like four people. People are in so need and desperate of miracles and for a true, actual, tangible God that loves them and cares for them. And when we have the faith to step out and do things that we don't normally do, it boosts us and gives us such a confidence that God really is who he says he is and he's a good God and that he brings hope. So, we see by faith over 17 times in this chapter emphasizing that we need to pay attention to these men and women in the days of old, as it says. And so, you know, the main reason why we have to have faith is you know we you know we have our five senses right touch smell sight taste feel we have we have these five senses and these senses bring bring a reality to things it's physical you can smell flowers you can smell teenage boys You can taste delicious coffee. You can taste the sweetness of a cookie. You can, you can feel the wind blowing on you. You can feel the amazing sun beaming down on you. You have these senses. You can feel it because it's there. It's something tangible. And when we have faith, we don't always have the reality of something tangible. When God calls us to have the faith, we don't always have that reality of something that we can actually hold, feel, smell, sense, touch. But that's where trust comes in. Trusting in God and believing in him. So when in those moments where we say, God, where are you? What are you doing? We can put our trust and our faith in him and knowing that it may not be actually tangible at the moment And I think the greatest sense that we have is feeling. Because you can, I mean, obviously, you know, seeing is a pretty great sense, too. (laughs) But you know those moments where you just need God, you don't know where he's at, but you can feel him? You feel his presence? You can feel him so strongly? That's an amazing, amazing Response to our trust and our faith in him being able to feel who he is being able to know that he is there faith is spiritual it's not always physical it can manifest in a physical way for sure but it's spiritual it's just knowing in your heart of hearts that God is there knowing that he is who he says he is faith is trusting God when we can't see him feel him, smell him, or even hear him. That's what faith is. It's leaning into the word and believing without knowing. Believing God is who he says he is without truly knowing. It's weird. It's a mystery. But it brings in true faith and trust. And the second thing I want to... To give you is faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. In chapter 11, verses 5 through 6, it says, By faith, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. When you think about crazy faith, you think about people like Enoch, right? This man was so faithful. He pleased God so much that God just took him off the earth. He didn't die. God was like, well, you're done here. I'm just going to take you up with me. I mean, that would be great, right? To just one minute be there and the next minute be in the presence of the Lord. That's how much crazy faith it is. But that's the kind of faith that we are called to have. That's the kind of pleasing God that we are called to have. That we are so in love with Jesus that no matter how crazy it is, it may look crazy to them, but we just believe it and we just trust him. Verse 6 is very important, though. It says, "Faith." Or first, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. So it's impossible to please God and not have faith in Him. If you want to please God, believe Him. If you want to see Him move in your life, believe that He can actually do it. So what does this tell us? This tells us that God loves faith that he loves it when his people trust him and need him and believe in him because it's all that we have. The faith moves the hand of God. He wants our faith. He wants that. He wants our hearts more... what does he want after he has our hearts, our faith? He just wants us to believe he is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. This means that he will heal. This means that he will offer peace. This means that he will get rid of anxiety. This means that depression has no say. This means that finances will align. This means that he will give joy This means that he is faithful and true and just, and he loves us. And this means that he is good. He is a good, good God. Having faith in him is everything to God, and it's everything to us. We have to grab a hold of that. Having faith in God is everything to God, and it's everything to us. The second thing is, is we must believe that God exists and he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. So what does that mean? We must believe that God is holy, that he is a personal God who loves us. He wants a relationship with his son through Jesus. And then we must believe that God will respond to us and reward us as we earnestly seek him In faith, knowing that the greatest reward is the joy and the presence of knowing him. I'm going to repeat that again. The greatest reward is the joy and the presence of knowing him. Seeking him. You know, the funny thing about a lot of these people, it says at the end, and I will, I will read it, but they, a lot of them didn't even get to see God's promise. They just had to trust him that he would do it. So where does that leave us? If we never actually see God's promise and we actually, never actually see him do what we're praying for, where does that leave us? Our greatest reward is joy in the presence of knowing him. God will reward our faith. But we must be okay with seeking him, even if our reward is not a physical reward, but an eternal reward. You know, it's so easy to go through prayer and fasting in this week of prayer and fasting and just praying for our needs and what we want the Lord to do but pray, prayer and fasting is just sacrificing ourselves to spend more time with God so if you're sacrificing tv instead of watching tv you know at night or for on your lunch hour or whatever instead of doing that you're praying and getting closer to God and I believe that there are some things, and Jesus even says, when the disciples could not cast out demons, he said, this only comes through prayer and fasting. Ryan spoke about that last week. And I do believe that there are some things that we need to pray and fast for. We really need to hone in and, and pray and, and fast for what God Wants for us to really truly hear His voice, you know. Before Ryan and I put our application in here, since I mentioned that we've been here for four years, I remember that process of feeling such a strong urging to to leave our current church and to to go somewhere else, but not knowing where or what that was, and and really having to dig in and trust the Lord. And I truly believe we fasted and prayed for. Seven months or more. And I truly believe that the process for which when we came here and the process of just moving and and being um, elected here. I've never seen a smoother process. And I I know, I know it was because of the obedience of praying and fasting and asking God. We want your will, not our will, your will, wherever that may be. Because there was such a peace, like such a peace, man. When, when, when we would look at churches, Ryan's like, yeah, I want to move to the middle of Colorado where there's nothing there but snow. And I'm like, absolutely not. I hate snow. Let's move to the beach. He's like, I hate the beach. Let's move to the mountains. Obviously, you can tell our vacations are very, very random. And I never get what I want. I'm just telling you. We're always in the mountains. Um, but... You know, There was those moments where we would look at things and and one of us would be okay and the other one would be like, absolutely not. But I'm telling you, when we got into the car and we left, and we left this church, we both looked at each other and said, this is God's will. This is where he wants us. And there was such a firm believing for both of us. And you guys didn't even know it yet. (laughs) We knew it, but you didn't even know it yet. Because I truly believe that those seven months, they were hard. The enemy came at us harder than what he's ever came, come at us before. He tried to discourage us. I don't know how many times Ryan said, I'm not going to be a lead pastor in, this, in those moments. I'm not going to be a lead pastor. I said, yes, you are. God's going to tell you you are. And so we prayed and fasted, and we almost quit the ministry because it was hard. But I know without a shadow of a doubt That God was so strongly in this because we were honing in, trying to hear his voice. Trying to get rid of the distractions and saying, God, whatever it is, we want it. So yes, we pray and fast for answers and prayers in our life. But more importantly, we pray and fast to know who he is. To trust him. To just be in his presence and to say, I have faith in you, God. I trust you that even if it doesn't go the way that I want it to go, I know you're still good. Living a life like that pleases God. When we put our faith and our trust in him, no matter what season we're in, whether it's a good season, whether it's a bad season, it's so easy, it's so, so easy to praise God and to thank him and to, and to have trust in him when things are going good, right? Right? When things are going good, it's easy to say, oh, God, you're so faithful. But it's those moments and those seasons when things are not going so good that you're like, where are you? But when you earnestly trust him and seek him and believe that he is an eternal God with eternal things in mind. Eternal, which means he's constantly thinking of that moment when you're going to be with him. He's constantly thinking of that moment when he gets to hold you in the presence of Jesus and you get to feel his presence. He's constantly thinking of that because he is an eternal God. And when we fix our eyes on eternity, and when we fix our eyes on what the end goal is, the end goal is eternity with Jesus. When we fix our eyes on that and we dig down deep and we truly, earnestly seek him, that is our reward. Believing and knowing that whatever season we are in, we serve an eternal God who wants us to live with him for eternity. The third thing that we're going to talk about, and finally, the last. Faith takes belief. Faith takes belief. First, let's read. Chapter 11, 7 through 9. It says, By faith, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. It was by faith that Noah condemned the rest of the world and received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land and that God would give him as his, in the, um, I'm sorry, to leave an, his homeland and go to another land that God would give him and his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And when he reached Even when he reached the land God had promised them, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. And then you go down to verse 11 through 13. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed and God kept his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing that God had what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Faith takes belief. Just like we trust God, we have to believe in him. Can you imagine Noah being crazy, saying the whole world's going to flood? God telling him to build a boat that was insanely big that no one had ever done before. God telling him to do something that's never been done. And people being, they didn't listen, mocking him. Can you imagine the true faith and belief that Noah had to have? That if this flood didn't come, He spent years and years building a boat and people mocking him. The absolute faith to trust God and to believe in him. Ryan says this all the all the time. Faith looks crazy until it happens. It looks crazy until it happens. Things look crazy until they actually happen. But are we willing to get to that point to be crazy to make it happen my favorite story is last easter um the lord had laid on ryan's heart to uh, do an altar call for for healing and man the whole church came up it took forever i don't know if you guys remember that but it literally took forever <laughs> i was like Can we speed this up got some easter lunch to get to no it really it, it was such a good sunday and we had um, some friends of ours that were here visiting us, and um, we knew that she had a hearing problem that, that her and you guys have heard this story before she had a hearing problem, and her hearing was slowly deteriorating and um, before before she came ryan said god 's going to heal melissa and i don't know i don 't know how and I, I know I sound so crazy, but he 's going to heal her hearing because her hearing was causing her to be dizzy it was just was really affecting her, her everyday life. And so she came down for healing, and the Lord told Ryan to put his fingers in his ears, in her ears, and that is crazy and disgusting. And I'm pretty sure that I would not have done it. <laughs> but it's so gross, and, and it's so crazy. But guess what? Her hearing opened. And it didn't happen instantly. It happened over the week. She has actual test results with the doctor saying, your hearing is pr- improving. What are you doing? And she's saying, God healed me. Faith looks crazy until it happens. When I saw that, I was like, Ryan's crazy. He's gone off his rocker. They're going to fire us. He's sticking his fingers in people's ears. What is he doing? I'm trying to cover the board's eyes. Don't look, guys. My husband's crazy. But man, Melissa doesn't think that. Melissa's praising God for that she can hear and that her vertigo went away. Because faith looks crazy until it happens. It's crazy to go up to somebody and pray for them until you truly see what God does in their life. It's crazy to believe that God can do big things. But when it happens, we're praising him. I don't know what you guys are praying for in this fast. I do know that I've been so challenged at the beginning of this year. No, actually, late into last year like October or November or something like that, I was praying one day and the Lord said, I want you to pray for the impossible. Pray for things that are too big. So I, I wrote a list down and I had some specific prayers on there. And I'm praying this whole week. I'm praying. I'm like, I feel it, man. I, God is going to do something this week and it's going to be huge. I feel it. A week went by. Nothing big happened that I was praying for. The next week went by and nothing big happened. The next week months go by. And I kind of forgot about it, and I looked at it late last year in December or so, and I'm like, huh, well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. And it was very discouraging, you know, when you feel like God's telling you to pray for something big and it doesn't happen. And um, this year, praying and just going back and, and reliving this last year, At the end of the year, I like to take time and to just remember everything that God did. And the little things He did just as equal to the big things that I wanted him to do. But I was so focused on the big things that I forgot about the little things that he did. And I repented and I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I forgot about these little things that you did all year long. Because I'm so focused on this one big thing. And then it was like, he reminded me, don't give up for the impossible prayers. Those impossible prayers are what I like to hear. Does he help in the small things? Absolutely. Does he listen in the small things? Absolutely. But it's a big faith. The impossible things that God is just waiting for us to keep praying for. Waiting for that right time to say yes. And when he says yes, it's going to be such a, an amazing testimony of God's goodness and his faithfulness. Because it's, it was so big, it seemed like it was impossible in man's eyes. But it was completely and totally possible and in line with who God is. Church, we can't, we can't keep being hung up on the little things. I know and I'm still praying for those big things, but I have such a sense and an overwhelming peace that God's gonna do it. And when He does, you're gonna know. Because it's going to be literally impossible. And God's going to get the glory for it. I so strongly feel. I so strongly feel. As Hebrews 4.16 tells us. To approach God's throne boldly. To approach God's throne boldly. I truly feel that it is time for God to do the impossible. For God to do the impossible in your life, in your family's life, in your work life, everywhere around you. To stop being so timid and saying, okay, God, if you can just answer this one prayer, that would be great. But instead, coming to him and saying, this is so big, I, can't, I don't even know what to do with it. But God, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to keep pressing in, and I'm going to keep believing. Who cares if it's crazy or humanly impossible? That's what this whole chapter is about. Impossible. Humanly impossible. An 80-something-year-old woman gave birth. How many of you want to be 80 and giving birth? That sounds like literally the worst thing in the world. Humanly impossible. It's humanly impossible for Noah to build this huge boat and to look crazy. It's humanly impossible for Abraham to go and sacrifice his only son, but then to believe that if he does sacrifice him, God's going to raise him from the dead. That's faith. That is impossible faith. It was by faith that the people of Israel went through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But the Egyptians tried to follow them. They were drowned. That's impossible. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. That is impossible. It was by faith that Rahab, a prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God for she had given a friendly welcome to spies. That is impossible. It is by faith that people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of a strong battle. Their strong sword. Their weaknesses turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put those armies to fight. That is impossible. But it happened. And guess why it happened? By faith. It was by faith that Rahab, a prostitute. It was by faith that these people overthrew kingdoms. It was by faith that the... The people of Israel went through on dry ground. It is by faith. We are called to such a deeper, deeper faith than we have ever been called to before. We are living in a time, and we say it all the time, but we are living in a time where your faith has to be strong. Your faith has to be solid. You have to know the truth from deception. You have to know what the word of God says from what people say. You can't take the opinions of people anymore. You have to take your opinion from God's word. And guess what? It's going to look crazy, and people are going to call us crazy, but that's okay. I'm okay with crazy if God's here. It's time to believe time to stop saying one day and to start claiming that it's today. As we go into this song, I know that there are some impossible situations that are represented here. I know it. I know that there are things that people have been praying for for years And I don't know if you need to just come to the altar and seek God's face. Remember, God rewards those who seek Him. Or if you need to come up here and get prayer, Nathan and I will be up here to pray. But church, we want to pray for the impossible. As we sing this song, I want you to truly dig in and seek Him and thank God for the impossible. You know, over the last several months, my prayer for those things that I'm believing for the impossible have turned into thanking God for the impossible. Thank you, God, that you're going to do this. Thank you, God, that you're in this. It's not name it, claim it. I don't believe that. But I do believe that the name of Jesus has all authority and power. And I do believe that when Jesus said, in my name... This will happen in my name. So in Jesus' name, be healed. In Jesus' name, finances align. In Jesus' name, mental health restored. In Jesus' name, bodies restored. It is in the name of Jesus. And we have to remember that it is Jesus who matters. It is Jesus, it is Jesus, it is Jesus. He brings the impossible. So as we pray, I want you to pray for the impossible. To walk out here believing, not just praying, but believing for the impossible to happen. We're going to be up here. We're going to pray for you. Come on, church. It's time to seek the Lord.